0: Hello and welcome to PMI's uncommon sense podcast, tools to improve your work forever. I'm Susanna Clark, managing partner with PMI. Our uncommon sense podcast is a 15 minute conversation with our expert consultants. They talk a lot of common sense, although much of it is not common practice. And that's what this podcast is all about. We want you to be inspired to improve your business through learning more about the tools, which can help you succeed and grow. Today, I'm joined by Damien Albinson, and we're going to talk about selecting a problem. So Damien, first of all, can I ask you to introduce yourself?
1: Yeah, sure. Uh, So my name's Damien Albinson, a senior consultant with PMI. been with the business now 10 years, this September. Uh, My background is largely in business improvement. So uh, very early in my career, I got the chance to to work with a team who were trying to implement Lean into the business and I kind of got hooked from that. And then since then, got the opportunity to go on various different training, both internal and external in uh, Lean and Six Sigma. And uh, I've been doing it ever since.
0: <laughs> Happy days. Um, so selecting a problem. We've all got lots of problems. So do you want to tell us a bit more about that?
1: I think it's it's one of the starting points for any project-based improvement method. Uh, and so it's a common, switch. in fact, it's a it's a mandatory step in in uh, many of the courses that PMI offers, such in the yellow belt level, the green belt, even the black belt level. Uh, they all begin with, you know, so what's wrong? And therefore, you know, what are we going to do? And despite its simplicity, I guess, in, you know, well, you just need to pick a problem. That shouldn't be hard, should it? And it's it's often the first stumbling block I, I notice for many delegates that I'm helping, both in training and also, you know, just out when I'm consulting uh, in day-to-day business. So it's not as easy as it sounds, I guess, and why I wanted to talk about it.
0: So we're talking in the context of anyone who's looking to create a step change improvement, whether it's the yellow, green, or black belt level. So if they're going to start looking for, What is the problem they're going to work on? Tell me about that. Tell me what they should be looking for.
1: The mistake people often make is they don't describe the problem per se. They often start to describe, Mm. uh, I guess you could call them objectives. So they'll say things like, you know, I want to change this, that and the other. Or they'll describe the objective in terms of something like, you know, there's no defined process for this thing that we receive. You know, so, okay, that's kind of getting closer to what we're looking for. And I think the reason people do that is the thinking that's happened prior to us being involved. So people often, you know, especially if they're dealing with something that's very close to them, it might be a problem that's only in their department or, you know, in their business unit. And the likelihood is that it's been around some time. So people's thinking has probably moved way past where we would like them to be. And so they're thinking further on and, or maybe worse still, they've even gotten to the point where they've got some solution ideas, you know, so they start Mm -hmm. talking about, well, we just want to change this or fix this bit. So I guess you have to kind of take more of a, a stand back starting point. Try to put yourselves in the shoes of someone external Mm -hmm. and that might help you to step back far enough to go, what was the, what was the initial thing that made us even begin to look in this direction. You know, what were we seeing in the business? What were, what was the impact that this thing was having? Uh, and try, that's the thing you need to try and capture, I guess, is, is what we would call the problem statement.
0: Yes. So in a way, so the tool here that we're talking about is, like, is a problem statement, isn't it? Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah indeed. Yeah. yeah. Could you give us some examples of typical things that people start with when they first start thinking about problem statements?
1: Yeah. And um, so, I mean, I've even got a couple of examples I've pulled out from, uh, from recent history. So one <laughs> said, you know, we want to update engineering layouts uh, and some tooling and do a PFMEA. Right. So they're saying, they're right, we want to update some stuff. Uh, we, we need to do something about some tooling and they want to do this some analysis. The, the question for me would be why? Mm. What's wrong? What's wrong with the tooling? What's wrong with the layouts? Mm. Now, they, of course, know that or probably know that, but they haven't framed the problem for me in that style. They've thought past that point. Um, So I would be saying something to them about, well, kind of that question I've just said there, you know, so what is actually wrong? What's wrong with the tooling? What impact is that having on your internal customers, on the business? And I always go one step further with people and say, you need to be able to size it because all of these approaches that we teach in terms of business improvement rely on. Our ability to to measure something before we've even done anything to it at all, so we call that baselining. Mm-hmm. And at some stage later on in the improvement efforts, we'll want to do a comparison back to those measures to say, well, did we actually change anything? You know, were we successful with our theories as to what was causing the issue or our solutions that we came up with in the end? So there's probably another tip actually. You know, how you how, can you size the thing, can you quantify it? To explaining is a problem,
0: yeah. So when people are starting to work through this, there's there's quantifying it. There's the thinking of the why. You know, why why is this a problem for you? Any other tips that you would give people to be thinking about when they're thinking about problem statements?
1: I think and also considering the impact it's having. Not just on the immediate process, but those that happen later on as well, because another aspect of what we look for early on in these styles of projects is something we call the business case. So even when you've managed to get through these first few hurdles that says, okay, I've now got a sharp, a problem statement, I've quantified it, we've set ourselves some goal in terms of how much do we want to see that improved by. There's still a question then hovering that says, so what? You know, you've got defects running at 10 a week. You want to get it down to five. Well, so what? It sounds like the right thing to do. Okay. Yeah. Defects are not never good, but is it attractive enough to want to warrant the investment of time and effort and energy into doing a project on it? So if you think of the impact that these problems are having on the business or the customers. You're then also kind of forming that business case side of this as well that says, is this even worth our time and effort or is it the priority, you know, is out of all the things that maybe aren't working as well as we would like, are we looking at the right one?
0: Yeah. And that linking to priorities, you know, we talk about that a lot, don't we, in terms of understanding the things that are really important to the business to achieve. So there's, there's that piece, as you said, of of getting that. So it's on people's radars.
1: Yeah. And at different levels of the qualification, you know, green belt, black belt, we even start talking about, you know, does this have a strong link to this kind of strategic objectives of the business? Even if they're tangible in a certain way, I guess. Um, and the reason we say that is it's very easy to pick on a problem that's maybe just very local to you, maybe even only affects you as an individual. Mm. Uh, and the likelihood is that that, problem wouldn't be recognized by other people, other stakeholders in business. So when you start to do things like trying to get a team of people together uh, and you're asking for resource and time out of people's very busy calendars and all the rest of it, how likely are you to get that support you're looking for? If Mm. the business kind of looks at this problem statement things, I don't even know what they're talking about. You know, What is this thing? It doesn't appear Mm. on our radar, so to speak. So Yeah. yeah, you need to you need to also make sure there's some good linking into the the business's strategy.
0: You use an example of um, a problem statement, update engineering layouts, tooling, and do a PFMEA. If you saw that rewritten the way it should be, can you give me an idea of what that would sound like?
1: Yeah. Okay. Let me see if I could do this on the fly. So I guess I don't know. Let's say that the tooling was leading to some kind of quality issue. Maybe they were getting uh, inconsistency in how well their product was supposed to fit with another product, perhaps. Or, Or maybe they even were measuring defects and they believe it's a consequence of something to do with the tooling. So the problem statement really ought to be not talking about tooling at all, because that assumes that they've already done some level of investigation to determine that. Now, we wouldn't expect that to have happened yet. So if you reverse it back, it could be the problem statement really is that the thing we're measuring already in the business that's telling us we have an issue is this number of defects that we, we have a measure running on, which is great because then you've already got your baseline data, right? You're over one of the first steps. Or maybe the statement is, you know, we're getting complaints from customers that these things you produce don't fit very well to the thing that we're trying to attach them to. So there's a customer element there. Which again then helps the business case, doesn't it? Like we don't want to upset our customers um, because then we could be losing business revenue, so on. So uh, it would sound more like that, you know, uh, along those lines rather than even mentioning tooling. And this is what I mean about I think people, because they've been close to it, they've already thought past that. They've they've gone, yeah, we know that uh, we've got this problem, defects, whatever. And it's probably the tooling. That's what we need to focus the projects on. You know, they've gone one or two steps too far down the line. Yeah, yeah.
0: And what if, I mean, you've given an example there where they've got some data. So what if they don't yet have any data handy, that's not something they measure? What would you suggest?
1: I'm okay with that because that's how many people sometimes start. And there are many problems in businesses that aren't measured today. They're not part of the routine KPIs that we have. But that doesn't mean that there's not an issue there. So I think if people have that, they suspect that something's not right, you know, especially when it comes to, you know, customers complaining, even statements like that, sometimes people, when I say, yeah, but how, how often, Uh, you know, and by how much people still go, we don't know, you know, or we suspect the numbers are there somewhere. We don't know who's got them. So I would, I would accept that as a problem statement that says we've got the, something's not right. We've maybe at this stage only got anecdotal evidence that tells us that. But then the next logical step would be, okay, we can still maybe start to form, you know, like the project chart of the problem statement, uh, and even the goals, but you can say, well, let's go away and get that data. So one of the first things we should do is let's go and quantify that now. Mm. I mean, I've even had a, a fantastic example once on uh, one of the Greenbelt tr- uh, training courses where a delegate had a problem. And I asked him to go away. He didn't have the date on it. He said, I don't know how often it happens. And it was about some quality defects with a the product they made. And, uh, the business case was that they were having to pay out compensation to customers when this was discovered. So I asked him to go away and get the numbers. And when he came back in week two, he kind of had a sly grin on his face. And he said, I've looked at this. I've been to speak to customer care to find out how much we've paid out in compensation the last months so we haven't paid out anything. And I've gone to speak to production about this. No one knows what I'm talking about. They they didn't have a problem; (laughs) they just Mm, literally didn't exist, you know. But they believed somehow believed it was there. So you can get those kind of interesting things happen too.
0: I think. Lastly, you know what happens if you start to put some of this together and you think, or, or you get advice that says actually that's a tiny problem or that's a huge problem, and you're looking to do a level let's say it was at the yellow belt level or the green belt level, actually it should be, you know, a much bigger project or something else, what, what would your best advice be there?
1: Yeah, I think when it comes to, certainly when problems are too big, and that's, in my experience, more common than people finding out it's too small. I think when it's too big, it comes back to then setting the right scope.
0: Mm-hmm. And,
1: uh, you know, sometimes the advice I give to people who are even saying, I don't even know where to look first. Where do I go in the business to find that out? And my advice is often, well, go and speak to the management team. You know, if you go to any management team in any business and say, have you got any problems? I, I, unless you're super, super awesome at business improvement, you're going to get an answer, yes, we've got plenty. Yes. Um, but managers have a tendency to kind of give you those enormous problems. Like, yes, there's this, this enormous thing over here, you know, wouldn't it be great if you could take that away and fix it for me? And of course, the dilemma there is that they're, they're too big. So when you get a problem like that that's too big, you have to then find ways to maybe slice it and dice it into smaller, more manageable pieces.
0: Yeah. Okay. Super. Thank you very much, Damien. And thank you for listening and joining Damien and myself today. You can find more episodes of our Uncommon Sense Tools to Improve Your Work Forever in our Knowledge Hub on our website. Or, of course, your favourite podcast platform. And do subscribe so you never miss an episode. Don't forget to check out the show notes for this episode, where you'll find links to more content on this topic, which includes webinar recordings, toolbox guides, blogs, and infographics, and our training page. You can always drop us a line on team at pmi.co.uk and arrange a time to have a call to talk about how these tools can help you in your organization we'd really love to hear from you.